Hello, this is Christy Kendall with the Align Yourself to Success podcast. And around here, our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. When you begin with your mind and alignment, you are limitless and you are powerful. Today we have with us Emma Hull. She is a transformational life coach with Life Untethered. She helps us crush our self-doubt, show up as leaders with unshakable confidence in our life. And today she's going to be talking about crushing self-doubt and those little or big stories that we tell ourselves. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me here today. Yes, we love this topic. It's a good topic in this world of ours. <laughs> so how did you get started in this? How did you end up here teaching us unshakable confidence? Yeah, well, I um, have been working in leadership for over 15 years, coaching and mentoring people in the workplace to, to show up as the best version of themselves, to believe in themselves and to, to stretch themselves. And I decided to quit that work and train as a life coach. And now I spend all my time supporting people in working through all their limiting beliefs and becoming full of self-confidence so they can take on whatever challenges and, and show up as leaders in their lives at, at work and at home. That's so good. This is great. We are excited to hear and learn from you about how to get to a place of unshakable confidence and how to quiet those little voices that tell us stories in our head. But first, we're going to pull a card. And your card is, what are we learning from one another? Ooh, I love that. What are we learning from one another? Well, we are learning um, to have patience with universe when technology is not working for us today and how to hold space for other people and to collaborate together in lifting up instead of push, putting people down, lifting other people up and inspiring them. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. You know, these, there's, it made me think of, you know, there's so many women that when you're frazzled or something's happening and then this, some woman shows up and she's just solid and grounded and loving and just like changes the whole energy of something. You know, I've, I've had that experience a lot and I didn't have that so much when I was a kid, but I get that a lot in this world. And it is a beautiful experience when you have that. So I love that you know, bringing up holding space for each other. It's easy to do for someone else, not so easy for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And within the healer community, that is a very uh, common tale that we are very good at holding space for others and taking care of our clients and can be incredibly hard on ourselves. So I think it's it's good. I know that you have a lot of healers following you and it's great that they're all taking those steps to, to pay attention to themselves and honor themselves and treat themselves with the kindness that they offer to everyone else around them. Yeah. So let's talk about this crushing self-doubt business and those little stories we tell ourselves. 
Yeah. You know, this is a very close to my heart topic because I realized that I have over the years held myself back through these stories that, that either I created or perhaps were told to me and that then that has led to this narrative inside my head telling me that I can't do things or shouldn't do things and or maybe told me to do things that I later regret and <laughs> right yeah, that's part of it we haven't looked at <laughs> <laughs> And so what I teach my clients to do is to, to recognize, to notice when they're doing this and then to unpack what's behind that story and decide, is that a belief that they want to take forward? Is that something they want to work with? Or do they want to choose a different thought? And if they do, then coaching them through reprogramming so that in a situation they can have different thoughts. And so it's very powerful. And once you start on this journey of noticing that you have these stories, then you become aware of so many more of them. And, and that self-awareness really is the key to um, enlightenment and leveling up and, and becoming the, the next most incredible fullest version of ourselves. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your clients that you work with and how do they know that this is the work that they need to do? Mm, what a great question. Yeah, well, I had uh, a client the other day and she's working in an environment where she's working with doctors, medical professionals, and she does not have a post-secondary degree. And she had this story in her head that doctors don't take her seriously, that she's not credible, that she doesn't have education and knowledge, so they won't listen to her. And she, she's a rep for a, a product. Um, and, you know, we, we coached on this and she was telling herself that she needed to go back to school to get a degree to be able to be a successful salesperson. But in reality, that was just a story that she told herself that somehow if you have a degree, you'll be credible. Whereas in fact, of course, she won't know as much as the doctors, but her job isn't to know about general medicine. Her job is to know about the product that she's selling and the fact is, she does know more about that than they do. And you can't learn that at university. So, you know, she just got this notion in her head that she could only be successful if she went to university and got a degree. But through conversation and unpacking it, realized that that, that actually wasn't true. And she does have the resources and the credibility to, to go out and do her work. And then the next call that she went out on, she went to a clinic and she signed that clinic, which has two locations. So just getting out of that, that self-doubt allowed her to, to step up and, and just kill it in her job. Yeah. I love that conversation with people when they're, you know, working through in, in career related things, because there's a lot of ways you could look at that to look at the beliefs of it, you know, no, you're not the doctor 
but the doctor doesn't know what you know. He can't go sell that stuff. He doesn't have sales skills. So he needs what you have. You have a value that he does not have. And so, you know, when you give a different perspective to ourselves, always, I always say to myself, what's another way I can look at this? You know, and sometimes we can't even see another way. We do need to have a coach or somebody that can show us, but, but it's, it's, it's fun to look at that, to look at, oh, you know, I have a gift and a skill that somebody else doesn't have. I don't need a doctorate. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you say that, you know, it, it's about helping people to see the other side because we get entrenched in our beliefs. We tell ourselves that it is a fact and won't even take that step back and look at it differently. So sometimes that is the, the gift that the coach offers is just offering that mirror, asking those questions. Like, is that even true? Like, who told you that? <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it does affect your confidence. I, I had a client a few years ago and she was a loan officer and she obviously would deal with million dollar homes and wealthy people at that level. And she, you know, part of the process is if you're going to make a bigger money in real estate and loans, you got to sell a bigger loan. And so you can't focus on those smaller loans or you're going to be working more hours for a smaller commission. So you got to give those up, give those to the new people and you only take the big jobs. And that was her, her inner critic. She was saying, but they're, you know, at this level in life and they have this and I don't have that. And I said to her, but they can't get themselves alone. <laughs> they need you. They need your expertise. You're not supposed to be them. They don't, you don't, they, you know, they can't do what you can do. So you got to do it. And that changed her whole perspective. When she switched the mindset, she was then able to more let go of those lower price deals and show up more confidently in the higher ticket numbers. So it's, we all do it. I'm sure at some, at some point in some level in our lives, but to be able to really see how it affects us and to see those stories of other people, we can see, oh, I'm probably doing that. You know, where am I doing that in my life? Where do I limit myself? Because I have that story in my head about a degree or about a, you know, love, level of wealth and that, you know, we're not good enough if we don't have their, what they have kind of thing. Yeah, it's interesting you say about that wealth as well, because I find um, that a couple of my clients are in this place of having these mixed feelings where, you know, they, they aspire to having that abundance to being able to basically buy whatever they want, do whatever they want without having to look at the bank account. Yet they were brought up with the story that you shouldn't have more than what you need anything beyond what is necessary is greedy and that's a bad thing especially I find this story is really strong in those people that were coming of age in the 80s where there was that whole kind of like Wall Street and the um you know lots oh. of people getting in that that very greedy kind of going out and making a whole bunch of money and being all flashy and that the the stories that we were told around that was that you know that was bad and those people are bad they're greedy they're they're not caring people they're taking more than they should 
And that that story has carried on then with a number of my clients who know that they can create beautiful businesses that are giving and helping other people yet have this guilt around charging their value um, a guilt around earning more than like getting into six figures they start to think that that makes them greedy makes them a bad person because that's more than they need and so been coaching a, a couple of my clients through that and and through that uncovering where where that story came from and, and it was from as they they were growing up and then it's held them back from even trying until this point to to earn more than just the average and it's held them back from aspiring to own more to have you know a bigger home than is necessary. Uh, you, you know, you don't have to make do, you don't have to settle and letting them open their eyes to that and see that it is actually deserving and possible and that you can choose when you have abundance, you have power then to use that abundance to help others, to support them, to grow, to then create their own independence. So getting out of that, shifting that mindset, like you said earlier, that it isn't a bad thing. It can be a good thing if you choose to make it that. Yeah, isn't our mind just an incredible thing? Because at those, when those things were happening in the 80s, there's one mindset that might look at that and say, well, they don't know what to do with that wealth. So I'm going to be wealthy so I can show people what to do with the wealth. It's the right thing to do. And then there's the person that takes on the mindset, well, they're greedy. Therefore, I don't want to be greedy and associating the greed with the wealth when that had nothing to do with the wealth that had to do with greed. And that's really interesting. And greed, uh, greed the topic of greed has been showing up a lot lately where greed is what gets people in trouble. If you notice when people get in trouble, it always is because they got greedy. And instead of looking at that, like it's the greed that's the problem, they saw the money as the problem. Mm. So why do we do that in our brain? And that comes back to those little stories we tell, right? And well, and also, um... I was actually, I was just coaching on this earlier today. It's about not wanting to take responsibility, you know, not accepting that your situation is actually your fault and instead blaming something else. And, you know, so as you say, in this situation, people getting, being greedy. So making decisions that were driven by that and then blaming then their, their situation on, on external factors, whereas in fact, it was entirely their choice that got them there. Yeah. Yeah. So, because there's some people that do amazing things with money, very mm -hmm. giving, very transformational schools for, you know, um, children without parents. And there's, I've, I've heard of so many amazing stories. Wealth is power. And if we have goodness in our soul, and we're given wealth, we will do goodness with our wealth. Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful, Christy. I love how you put that. Yeah. yeah. 
but we forget that <laughs> and we associate it with the wealth and not ourselves. Right. Yeah. Well, our, our brains are incredibly powerful tools, but somehow they have become wired to be more in the negative than in the positive. And, you know, that that's the business that, that you and I are in is helping people to, to do that reprogramming so that you can instead set your default to be in the positive, looking for the positive in yourself and in others and in situations. Um, but it's, it's work. It's not, it's not hard work. It's fun work to, to do that. And, you know, if someone is, is making those choices in their life, it's, it's a conscious effort, but the rewards are phenomenal of being in that, that place of, of positivity and openness and creation. And it's funny that you say it's fun because I think it's fun. I can geek out on this stuff all day long, every day, but there are people that really don't find it fun, that it is heavy and hard and difficult for them. Um, you know, I, I have a friend who literally avoids it and I'm like, why? It's so fun. <laughs> Just dive right into your soul and dig it out. And there's a lot of people that won't. And I think that also is the story set are told to them they, that they tell in their own head about what it is and what it means. And um, yeah, there's a lot of fear. And I find that, you know, when I, when I'm doing consultations with prospective clients, a lot of them that are kind of sitting on the fence, when I dig deeper, the reason is that they're scared that they won't like the person that they find. Oh, Yeah. Because they haven't done that. That work. kind of they resonates haven't... with the person I was thinking about. That oh yeah, yeah, blowing <laughs> my mind a little bit. I didn't look at that perspective. Yeah, so because that's the reason that she hasn't dug and poked around in her soul is because when she does it a little bit, she's like, oh, I, I don't know, I don't. I maybe she found something she didn't like or fears that she won't like. Um, but that that comes up a lot, and people are worried that that they're going to somehow find some awful truth about themselves that and that has never been my experience with a client I have helped mm -hmm. dozens of people and no one's ever found anything that they're like oh my goodness I wish I didn't know this about myself right everyone right, because your true essence is a spirit it comes from God the universe it's gonna be it's there thing. it's there anyway it's, so, the, it's all the ugly shit that makes us feel ugly or not want to be seen. It's the ugly stuff, the greed and the self-hatred and the negative thoughts and the power struggles and the ego stuff. That's the stuff that is ugly. It's not our true self. But it is, it is there. And when we actually take it out and look at it and acknowledge it, instead of pushing it down yeah. where it just simmers and festers away and becomes more toxic when we actually take it out and look at it when we talk about it it gives it air and slowly it kind of fades and and dissolves and then there's more space for that that self-love and my my belief a hundred percent is that when you work on loving yourself accepting yourself then you can give and receive love. Then that is when, when life opens up for you. And so you can't 
I, you know, you can't just focus on, oh, I'm just going to be positive. I'm not going to look at the negative because then you're pushing it down and you're ignoring it. You have to bring it out and look at it. And a lot of the work that I do with my clients is teaching them how to do that in a safe space, doing it a little bit at a time and then setting it aside and coming back to it until they become accustomed to it because they've been brought up with that, like, keep a stiff upper lip, don't talk about your feelings, don't talk about your emotions, don't focus on the negative. And so instead, they, they push it all down. And it's, it's toxic. It's, it's eating away inside them. And I also genuinely believe that that will make you physically sick if you don't do something with it, that energy has to go somewhere. Yeah. So get it out and give it to universe to disperse. Yeah. So the inner, you know, I, I like the confidence conversations because my theory on confidence is that confidence comes from external exp- experiences, external circumstances. It comes from results and success. The inner piece is their self-esteem. And so one is the being and the other is the doing. So the being is the deep inner self-worth, self-esteem, self-love. And then once you learn how to be and you're that secure, then there's a confidence that you gain from being your true self. But on business, you're, if you're doing something new, you're not going to be confident in it because you've never done it before. You know, if you went to right now, if you've never ran a 5k and you're just like, I'm going to go run a 5k, you're not going to know how to do it. You're probably not going to win and you might hurt yourself. But once you learn the systems and the strategies on how to properly run, how to prepare your body for that, and you practice it and you implement it, then at one some point in time, you're going to be very confident in running that 5K and you'll get results and you'll eventually win. And I look at that in business too. You know, so many people, they, they get up in their head, those stories that you talk about people saying in their head, they tell themselves stories. Well, I just tell people, well, you're not supposed to be confident. You're not at a level of confidence yet. So let's start with next step and let's get that developed and let's build on it and build on it and build on it and just stop telling yourself stuff. You're not supposed to be confident yet. You're not supposed to be at the top. You're starting out. There's no way a baby is not born a full grown adult. A baby is born a baby. So are we, and especially in business, there's so much to learn in business. <laughs> there's no way you're going to be a master in business on the first day. It's no way. I love that. And, you know, it's uh, funny because I was actually having a conversation with a client on the weekend about this and how she um, said it was kind of similar to to a game where like, you know, you complete one level and then you get on to the next level. So what absolutely you you start a new job and and you have to be willing to fail, willing to expose yourself as not knowing, to ask questions and to try so that you can learn. And then as you do that, yes, you you do, you become confident because you, you've asked for help, you've received the help, you've tried the thing, maybe it didn't go quite so well, you get a little bit of feedback, try again, success. And then six months later, cool, you've got the handle of this job. And so your boss comes along and is like, hey, Christy, you're doing great. So proud of you. Here's a new task. And then (laughs) you get to get back into that discomfort and start to learn all over again. And 
So it's never ending. Life, if you choose, offers you an endless array of possibilities to be uncomfortable, to be willing to fail, to be willing to not know, to be willing to look foolish and to learn. And for me, those are really the keys. You have to be willing to look foolish. And we never want to do that, right? We've been told, like, don't make a fool of yourself. And again, unpacking that and thinking like, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? If I go and speak to a group and I don't know the answer to a question or I get like really red and flustered, what's the worst that's going to happen? Nothing. So be willing to fail, be willing to say, I don't know, be willing to ask for help. And also, you know, I I teach um, leaders as well how to to lead successful teams and teaching them to, to engender that in their workplaces. So when it's safe for us to fail, when it's safe for us to look foolish, we'll try anything. Yeah. You know, one thing that helped me in my life, and I'm, I'm trying to find the root of it, but I think it was when I hired a speaking coach. Um, that was one of the first things I ever did when I started my business. And it was just because it presented itself. It wasn't like I was searching for it necessarily. Um, but I took this class. Her name was Diane Ellen. And she taught me how to say things. <laughs> and that sounds weird, but like when you're, when you're in a place and you know the, how to handle a conversation or how to say what you do or how to own something when you don't know, but still leverage yourself so that you look still like a professional. So the context in which you say what you do or what you're strong about and the context that she taught that always sticks with me is always start with a high point. So you might be given this new task and this new job or something where you absolutely know nothing and you're very insecure about it and you're not feeling that you know, unshakable confidence that you desire. But if you go in there and you know who you are because you've done that inner work and you know that you're solid and you're a transformational, spiritual, beautiful woman, and you are now put in this position where you're like, oh, a little rocky here. And you show up and you say, well, this is who I am and I can help you with these amazing things. However, I'm not very good at this, but I'm going to learn it. And then I'm going to rock it, right? So the context of those points and how to put that in there, that gives us a sense of confidence. So knowing how to articulate things, how to own it. And earlier in the conversation, you were talking about feelings, teaching somebody how to access and process and feel those feelings because they've never been taught. When I learned, this was from a different coach, but I learned when I learned how to feel the feelings and allow them and be, and that you could tell people what's going on. So I'm feeling vulnerable right now. And you just say it and it releases all the shame because you know who you are and you're just feeling vulnerable. That's all that's happening. And then everybody usually is very compassionate or they're like, oh my God, me too. You know, usually everybody else comes out with how they're feeling or, you know, I feel awkward. That's one that I'll say a lot because I'm socially awkward and I don't show it, but I feel it. So people don't know that I'm an extreme introvert and that I feel awkward or I don't know how to have, you put me in a group of people I don't know, I feel awkward. I don't know what to say or what to do, those awkward conversations. So now I just, I'm like, I'm an introvert, I'm super awkward. 
but then it just relaxes the whole conversation and it doesn't make me feel like I'm not good enough. Now I'm just who I am. And this is just not my strength right here, but I could help you change your whole life and make money. (laughs) I'm really confident in that. So Those are such great tips. I love that. Yeah. Just own it. Just say systems. I'm all about systems and processes and there's systems and processes to absolutely everything. And you know, the system and process and you'll be confident if you've done the inner work, you got to do that piece first. The stuff you're talking about at the beginning that has to be done first, or the, you know, you don't know how to implement the systems and processes appropriately. You got to know who you are. Yeah, totally. I would I would love to share a little speaking tip as well. So I was coaching a client. She was going for going in to talk to her boss about a raise and she was practicing what she was going to say. And I noticed and I actually saw this in a couple of clients. And I think women do it more than guys. Diminishing words just and only. They, you know, I'm only da 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 or will I just learned how to use this program or something versus saying like I learned how to use this program I have been here for six months not I have only been here for six months and if you take out just and only it makes it a power statement instead of a diminishing statement that's really good advice we need to all we need to make sticky notes of that and remind ourselves and use that and implement that yeah and the it, I, I noticed that when women are talking about their successes or mm-hmm. um, I was, I had a podcast with somebody, I'm trying to remember who it was. We were talking about um, like owning your, the good parts of you or, or validating your own self and stuff like that. And even as we were talking about giving ourselves permission to be the badass, whatever we were talking about. It was almost like you could feel us apologizing for it at the same time. And I caught ourselves and I brought it to our attention. I'm like, do you see what we're doing? We're sitting here saying women need to do this and we need to own our badassery. And then we're still, there's a little undercurrent of us apologizing for it. Like we're allowed to tell, I'm allowed to tell you that I'm an extraordinary spiritual woman and I can help you transform your life and make profit. Um, Except for I've only been doing it for this long time. Right. So that's how we do that. We undermine ourselves. And, yeah. and it wasn't done so boldly that the way I just did it, it was, but I felt it, I caught it and it was just right there under the surface. So we need to be mindful of when we're doing that. We don't have to apologize. If you want to tell me that you're a badass and you help women walk and talk to their boss and own the room, then you should be able to do that with no apology. So we need to mm-hmm. practice that because it's a practice, right? So take out just and only, like yeah. you said, and stop apologizing for your badassery. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's powerful. I love it. I will not apologize for my badassery. <laughs> no. And I noticed, so my, my non-strengths are like organization. Um, you know, I have PTSD brain. So sometimes literally there's data that's missing. And so I found myself apologizing, apologizing. Like, oh, I'm so sorry I'm late. I'm so sorry this, or I'm so sorry I lost my notes. And I caught myself and I'm like, I will apologize once if I'm, if I'm wrong, like if I'm taking up somebody's time, but I will no longer apologize more than one time, one time sufficient. And it's hard not to, cause you want to keep apologizing, right? Cause it's inconvenient for other people. Um, and so that's something that we can do too. It, you do want to take responsibility for your errors or your, um, 
you know, missing the mark points, but we only have to do it one time. If we're genuine and we really truly have owned it one time and then move on no more. Yeah. And there's something very powerful about owning it as well. Not trying to make some excuses and saying, whatever it is, like, I'm sorry, I'm late. I recognize that must've been inconvenient. And then thank you for waiting for me. I very much appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And then move on. Yeah. Yeah. This was great. Um, tell us a little bit about how somebody can work with you because I'm sure this is resonating with several people out there. Yeah, I, um, I coach my clients one-on-one and so, uh, I work over zoom or by telephone. I have clients all over the world. I'm based in British Columbia in Canada, but I can can work with people all over the place. You have, you have one of those graces about you, your accent and your being and your energy. So I can see that. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm, I'm originally from England and then my accent, I've traveled a lot. So I found that now people are always asking me wherever I am. People ask me, where are you from? So I don't know it's become, <laughs> it's a unique Anna accent. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. But if, if um, someone's listening and is interested in, in working with me to overcome their stories so that they can can show up confidently in in their life they can reach out to me my website is lifeuntethered.com or you can find me on social as the life untethered or the life untethered depending on your pronunciation (laughs) so crushing self-doubt for unshakable confidence in your life this was a great great conversation so thank you so much and we'll have to do another one Sometime I will leave your information in the description so people can reach you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's such a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, you too. I'll see you on the next one.